You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. Hey, guys, I'm doing a radio show. <laughs> but it ain't going to be easy. You got to call in on the old blower. And Maddie Rose. Oh. <laughs> Great. Okay, what is it? It drives me nuts. I actually it drives me freaking nuts, George. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. The franchise, Eric Francis, will join us. Flames reporter for Sportsnet. I wonder if he'll be in a hot tub or not. He has done hits before from his hot tub. We'll find out at 7.30. And Dave Dickinson, the head coach and GM of the Calgary Stampeders. Stamps have been busy this offseason, but Dave wants to come on and talk NFL playoffs. We'll do that with him at 8 o'clock. But right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, uh, former National Hockey League coach, current NHL network analyst, Mr. Bruce Boudreaux. Hey, Bruce, how are you? I'm doing well. Good morning, man. Yeah, How are you? Th- th- we're great. Thanks for jumping on. Are you a hot tub guy, Bruce? Do you like jumping into a hot tub? If I had one, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> but since I don't have one, um, I can only dream about having one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good hit. Maybe you should talk to Eric Francis. Uh, he can hook you up coming up at 7.30. Um, wanted to ask you, uh, obviously, uh, how much of the league are you watching? You're a network analyst for the NHL. How does Bruce Boudreaux watch hockey on a Monday night, on a busy night last night? Well, I mean, it, it, was, it was sort of spaced out. I mean, yesterday was quite a busy day. You're watching hockey, you're watching football, you're turning back and forth. It's a, it, There's a lot of stuff going on, but like the first thing I do this morning, as I'm doing right now, is watch all the highlights on uh, the NHL network has the highlights of all the games in case there's some things that I missed um, that I can go back and look at it. So, you know, I mean, if Calgary is playing last night then uh, I'd have uh, some knowledge of their goals before talking to you guys, because sometimes, as you know, there's two great games on at the same time and you Mm -hmm. just flick back and forth and, um, you can't get it all, but uh, you try to get as much as you can. On on most nights, me and my wife will sit back and we will watch parts of every game, and uh, that we try to. Uh, we get mad when the commercials all come on at the same time because if the game started <laughs> at the same time, it's usually the same time the commercials are on. So you always hope there's a little delay somewhere. Um, Bruce, uh, I don't think it's a secret. Um, you played for the team. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you are a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Well, now that I'm not working, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm always the, obviously loyal and, and a big fan to the team that you work for, but when it's all done and everything's equal again, you like to see the players that you knew on your team do well and everything, mm-hmm. but it, it always ends up coming back to being a Leaf fan because growing up in Toronto – playing for the Leafs, playing for their farm club, playing for the Marlies, all all those years. It's hard not to uh, uh, become a Leaf fan, just I'm sure as anybody born in Calgary would be if a, right. a Flames fan once they were done. What did you think of the William Nylander contract? Uh, I think it's a lot of money, but <laughs> um, what are you going to do? Like in the, in the end, I mean, are you going to trade him and get what you need? Uh, from them, unless sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, uh, I look at the Jamie Drysdale trade uh, 
uh, of last week, and I think oh, that's a that's one of those few trades that are going to eventually help both teams a lot. But I mean, that usually doesn't come into play. Uh, so I mean, they signed him. The cap's going to go up. They're going to lose. Uh, I would venture to guess uh, on on guys with uh, salaries ten million dollars. So they'll easily be able to uh, recoup that, I think, in the end. Um, how frustrating was that as being a coach in the league that your team drafts and develops these players, signs them to big money extensions, but that also handcuffs you in other parts of the roster. It's like you're being punished for drafting and developing good players, Bruce. Well, I mean, uh, I guess it, I don't look at it that way. I look at it. It is what it is. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, the players have every right to try to get as much money as they can. They're just, in today's world, there's just nowhere near the loyalty on both ends, both management and coaches and uh, players, as there used to be uh, many years ago. I just, uh, I think it's uh, with all the agents and everything that are in the business that it's it's really just uh, what's good for the player at the time. Um, you'd love to be able to see. Uh, uh, management say listen we want this guy because he's been great for our organization and keep him and sign him to long term and you'd love to be able to see the player saying hey listen I like Nathan McKinnon did a little bit I'm going to take a haircut for the team and uh, I'm going to stay loyal to these guys and they've been loyal to me they've done everything I wanted to do and and where money doesn't become the be all to end all but I know that's uh, something that uh, has is passe pretty well. Um, Bruce, with the current crop of goaltenders currently on the Toronto Maple Leafs roster, is that good enough to win a Stanley Cup? In my estimation, uh, I'm a little worried about it. Uh, I don't know. I don't, you know, I mean, uh, let's give Martin Jones kudos for coming in and doing Mm. a really good job. But uh, at the same time, he played Anaheim, San Jose, and San Jose, Um, (laughs) you know, as, as three of the five teams that he's played, I think. And then, uh, but I mean, Samsonov has not had a good year. I thought he was really good the other night and he still lost. Uh, so, I mean, can he be better than that? He'd have to be a lot better than that. Now, Joseph Wall has been hurt. Um, and you, it keeps pushing the timeline back. But I've played with guys, quite honestly, that have had high ankle sprains and, Man, it takes forever. And if you're a goaltender, it's uh, it takes even longer than that. I'd much rather break my ankle than have a high ankle sprain. So you just never know what his return is going to be like. But he was playing really well, uh, quite frankly. But, again, he's really young. And uh, as, as far as goaltenders go that are in the NHL, so you just don't know. But So my jury is out on them uh, in that position. Um if I was Brad, I would, you know, probably be looking around. But uh, nobody seems to want to, you know, give up uh, the, their best goalie, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, is makes quite a lot. I don't think Demko's getting traded to the Leafs anytime soon, is what I'm saying. But but so, Jacob, I mean, but Jacob and, Markstrom, Bruce? <laughs> Jacob Markstrom? I think, you know... Uh, I think like Jacob Markstrom's a great goalie. I've watched him way too long when I was in Van or whether I was in in, in Mini. I yeah. mean, 
there's a lot of those one nothing games that we'd lose or two to one games with Jacob being in the net. But um, I, I just think Calgary's got so much work to do. Craig's got so much work to do. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way. I think, I think they're still, you know, if they could go um, 26 and 14 uh, in the last uh, 40 games or 26 and uh, 13, I mean, they get 97 points. I think they can make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, but he's, he's got those, uh, and you know what happens? They got the goaltender, they got the free agents just hanging up there and, and uh, every time uh, something happens, uh, that's the first thing that comes to the forefront. They got to make moves in that, and it's and it's not easy making all those moves. On, and because those those are all real good players, and I'm sure the Calgary wants them all. But I mean, uh, they got to they got to resign them, and they can't let them go for nothing. So it's 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 a tough job for him in his first year. I don't relish that at all. I did want to ask you about some guys that you have coached, but we're on the Flames for a moment here, and I was just wondering, you know, you've coached out in the East as well with the Washington Capitals. What do you know about Blake Coleman? What are you seeing from him this year as he was just named second star of the week and leads the Flames in points right now? Uh, he's having a great year, and uh, you know what? I loved him in Tampa. Um, he played a different role because of the – uh, maybe the the talent up front they had, but I mean that's why teams win Stanley Cups when you can play a Blake Coleman on a third line and make him into a uh, solely a checker uh, when you've got uh, the likes of what they had. But uh, always, you know, I don't think there's a coach alive that doesn't love those guys that can play physical, that have got uh, grit to their game. Uh, and can still score and do all the things and and you know for want of a better term you play the 200 foot game and I mean you put him out there he's good on the wall he's, he's he gets pucks out gets pucks in you know those are the kind of guys that you go wow we just got him and uh, that's fabulous so I mean I think they they he's having a great year he's having his best year that he's since he's been in Calgary and it's well-deserved. De- I'm a big fan of his. They just finished up their dad's trip. Do you have any good uh, dad trip, mentor trip, mom trip maybe stories from your time as a head coach? Oh, I've been on a lot of them. Uh, and, uh, well, the good stories I can't tell. Mm, <laughs> funny how that happens, uh, hey? It, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, there was, I, I guess I could say that there was one night there was, all the dads got in a dust up with some patrons at the bar. And, uh, <laughs> what? The, what the team was this? Were, I'm not going any further than oh, that. Okay. <laughs> needless, needless to say that the players the next day when we were shown the video were all like just so embarrassed for their dads. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a dad come up to you and go, "Hey, Bruce, I know you're the coach, but..." Let me give you a little bit of advice. My kid's not playing enough. Oh, yeah, I've had that one too. Um, <laughs> and that's 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 when you pull the Paul Newman in slap shot and go, yeah, 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 I'll get on it right away. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and you listen to him because um, the dads usually uh, like to have fun on these trips, and they never say it at the beginning of the day. 
They always come back, and mm. those are the kind of comments they'll use at the end of the night. Right. And uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, but I mean, you you answer them. You you know you you talk. You don't talk down to them. You understand their uh, their reasoning, and you try to try to deal with it. Sure. Bruce Boudreau, former NHL coach, NHL network analyst, joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts on Jonathan Huberto. He's obviously had a, a – he was struggling uh, for the majority of the season, but Bruce, he has picked up his game and looked like Jonathan Huberto uh, lately. What have you seen from number 10 on the Calgary Flames? Well, you know what? I mean, he just looks like he's a quiet guy and – uh, you know, he's played in Florida for so many years that all of a sudden you come into a hockey hotbed and like Calgary, it's a little bit different. I think he's starting to get used to it. I mean, we all know, like, I mean, they don't make those signings nonchalantly and that he can play hockey. He's, he's, you know, I remember him in those last year in Florida being called the best passer in the NHL. And that doesn't change. He, he can make plays and everything else, but I think he's finally starting to get comfortable in the whole Calgary scheme of things, and, and that's why you're seeing him play better. It's a, It takes a little longer sometimes for some guys. I know usually I've seen a lot of guys the first year of a trade um, not do so well, but, I mean, it's taken him a little bit longer, But I and, and I think he's comfortable with his line mates right now. So I, I just I, I think you're going to see the real Jonathan Huberto as it comes in, and that's why Calgary is, you know, a lot of the reason why they're on, I think, a 6-2-2 two and two run right now. And, and if, if, you know, I mean, uh, uh, even though a lot of people have counted them out, I'm still a believer. I mean, two years ago, they were the best team in the league, I thought, uh, when I was in Vancouver my first year. And uh, so they're not far removed uh, from that. They've made a few moves, but uh, they still got that will. And it's... Uh, uh, I, you know, like, and Jonathan Huberto is going to be the guy or one of the guys that uh, when they do, uh, if they do make it, it's going to be a lot on him. And the tune on uh, on what he's done will change an awful lot if Calgary continues to play the way they're playing. Bruce, yesterday, Marc-Andre Fleury passed Patrick Waugh for the most uh, second most wins in NHL history. You would have coached against him plenty when you were with the Washington Capitals. Just missed him uh, in Minnesota there as well. What would you have uh, thought about coaching Marc-Andre Fleury if you had gotten to Minnesota just a little bit earlier, especially after coaching against him in Washington in his early years? Well, I mean, I don't think there's a coach alive that wouldn't have said, oh my God, we got a Hall of Fame goaltender in his prime. Like, he's not in his prime now, but at that time, it would have been in his prime. And, uh, uh, listen, he beat me in a seven-game series. He's, you know, Pittsburgh and Washington had rivalries uh, that still go to this day. And uh, uh, he is very frustrating goalie to play against because his quickness uh, is so – he's not big, but he's so quick. He anticipates so well. Um, he's a – first ballot hall of famer night and i really am one of the few few i think don't say that lightly because i think it's a hall of fame is a but a hall of great players not a hall of really good players so i mean but he is definitely you know second all time in wins played over a thousand games in goal and you look what it's going to take uh, uh the next guy to get us 
to be a thousand. I was trying to look it up yesterday, and I mean, the, the, nobody's played more than six hundred games, I think, in the NHL as a goaltender, mm-hmm. uh, and to to play fifty games a year uh, for the next eight years without getting hurt would be quite a big thing for some goalie to get to a thousand games. So. Uh, it took a little longer, I think. I think he went five games without uh, getting that win, but uh, I'm really happy for him. Uh, he's been great for the game of hockey, which is what I'm all about too, and uh, uh, I think that's really important. And and so, congratulations to him for that victory. With goaltenders, you usually can't tell what they're thinking because the mask does a really good job of hiding their face. But with Marc-Andre Fleury, you can see that smile from a million miles away. Would it drive you nuts when you were coaching against him and you could just see him smiling as he's stopping Ovechkin on the power play? Yeah, and but it it, it drove me nuts more when he would, we'd play him and, and the puck would hit the post and he'd go kiss the post. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> uh, thank the post and... And, you know, and, and sort of talk to that, the post is, it really reminded me when he played like of, a, of Mike Palmentier, who I played with, and maybe a lot of the people don't know who he is anymore, but uh, he would always be talking to the players, to himself, doing the play by play. And he was always animated. He was, and I think that's how he keeps in the game and, uh, uh, and stays focused all the time. People think it's aloof what Mark Andre does, but that's, how some guys stay right involved, and he's one of those guys, I think. Um, Bruce wanted to ask you about uh, Alex Ovechkin, obviously dealing with a lower body uh, injury and maybe not the season. None of us expected right now from the great eight. Uh, what, what, are your, what are you seeing from Alex this season that, that has kind of his goal total way down? Wow, I mean, it's, you know, I live in Hershey, so I get a chance to watch the Caps all the time, and... Uh, um, it, to me, there's, there's two things. One, uh, um, they haven't changed the power play up since I was there. So, I mean, he's always in the same position, but I mean, yeah. uh, every, every team knows how to defend that now. So, I mean, I think he's got two power play goals to go along with, uh, shorthand, uh, uh, empty net goal and five, uh, five on five goals. So, I mean, his season, obviously, isn't going anything where he thought it would be. Uh, I think he looks a little slower and, you know, which is um, when you're 38, you know, that happens. I mean, I, I remember Timu Solani uh, when we had him in Anaheim, the one year he led the team in scoring and then, and he was 44 the next year. He just looked older. Like, I mean, he, mm. every player in the world, sometimes, it just gets older, you know, and and it hits you on one year, and it looks like it's hitting him a little bit this year. Maybe he's been hampered by injuries. I don't know. Um, I don't know that, but I mean, uh, I'd certainly like to get him back in uh, in the last half of the year if he could get to 25 goals. Then I still think he'd have a chance at Wayne's record. How important do you think that record is to him, Bruce? Um. I haven't talked to him a bit, but uh, I'd venture to guess that knowing him, I think it's really important because uh, everything he's ever done, he's wanted to be the best at. And he takes a lot of pride in that. And I think being the best, the number one goal scorer in history would mean a lot. And 
If you had asked me this question a year ago today, I would have said he's going to stay there till he breaks it. Now, I, if you ask it to me today, I don't know. I mean, hmm. uh, depending on how the last half of the year goes, I mean, uh, this has probably been a tough year for him, and, and the Caps aren't a high-scoring team. So I don't see him jumping off the map and starting to get, like, hat-tricks in two, two out of three games like he used to. Uh, like, when I had him and he won the Hart Trophy, he scored 65 goals that year. I mean, he just would take it upon himself and just say, that's it, I'm going to score tonight, and the next thing you know, he'd get two or three. And I just don't see that happening, the way the Caps play and the amount of goals that they score uh, in a game because they're a very low-scoring team. Bruce, whenever I watch the Wild, there's one player that I have a hard time keeping my eyes off, and it's Joel Eriksson Ek, the big Swedish centerman. He's on pace for 30-plus goals, 60 points. Twenty, He's skating 20 minutes a night this year. Just a thought on uh, the guy that you coached when he was a very young player who has turned into a guy who's going to be in the Selkie candidate conversation this year. Yeah, and we all knew that all the time. I mean, you know, our first year – he was playing junior and we had nobody to play on the fourth line. And we called him up for the playoffs. And the next year he was fourth line guy. The next year he was a third line guy. And now then he became a, a second line. We didn't know if he'd ever score a lot, but I mean, he wasn't playing in situations to put him to score, but now he is. And, and he's doing it. This kid is the one guy you, you know, every team has one. But, I mean, you'd love to have him on your team. Doesn't say nothing. I mean, he is quiet. He outworks everybody in every practice. In the gym, he outworks everybody. He takes – he is a little disturber um, <laughs> uh, on the ice. There was a word that went in front of that, but yeah, I didn't yeah, want to use that. Yeah, we got it. Yep. It, yeah. And, but, I mean, he comes to play. He plays through pain. There's, like, I mean – Last year in the playoffs, he, I remember him losing three teeth, coming, picking the teeth up on the ice, going, putting them in the dressing room, coming back and playing. Like, I mean, this guy is a warrior, and uh, every team in the league wants a warrior. And uh, <clears throat> there's a reason they signed him to an eight-year deal. A lot of teams didn't see that coming, but, I mean, they got him at a great price. I think it's just over $5 million for eight years, and this guy's worth every penny of it. Uh, Bruce, how closely are you watching the Canucks these days? Uh, I see them every now and again. <laughs> um, are you, um, we, we, we all watched how your tenure there ended. And I don't think the, the hockey community was a big fan of how things ended for you in Vancouver. Are you necessarily, I don't know, cheering for them on a nightly basis? Are you happy for a lot of the guys that you coach? Like just what is your, your general feel of the Vancouver Canucks as they're right near the top of the league? They are, and they're playing fabulous. And uh, I cheer for the people I know and on on every team. I mean, uh, I love it when Pedersen and Miller and uh, Besser and uh, Quinn Hughes and, and Demko and these guys do great because I knew they were great players. And uh, um, in my first year there, I mean, I think uh, the one thing I did learn, we, I think we went 17 games over 500 from the time I was there. And, and 
you could see that these guys were great players. If they could all stay healthy, that at some point they were going to be a really good team if they got a, a better um, cast of characters to go along with them, and I think they have. I look at their team. I've had Carson Soucy. I know what he he's like. Zadorov fits in really well. You know, with him and Tyler Myers on the point, that's 100 feet tall of, of defensemen right there. Um, you know, I mean, they've got their back end a lot stronger. Their goaltending, Casey DeSmith, has really helped as, as a backup to Demko. And they've come on. I mean, they've uh, their third and fourth lines have played better than I thought they w- they would. But, I mean, their top two lines are as good as any team in the league, especially now that they've got um, – uh, Pedersen on the wing with uh, Miller and Besser. I think that line is at least the highest scoring line in the league, if not uh, the second highest scoring line. And uh, but, but they got all the things going for them. And if they can, the other thing that they've done really well, and I don't know if it's through any fault of their own, is they've stayed healthy. I mean, you look at all the top guys on their team, none of them have missed a game. And that's uh, becomes very important. I, I don't see them faltering. Um, I just I just watch them and, and when they lose it's by one goal when they when they when they're scoring it's uh, uh, those guys and their power plays working they're very difficult to beat and they've got the goaltending and defense now to uh, to to really keep it going so um, whether I I want them to win and or anything is is here nor there but I do watch mm. them and I and I do appreciate how good. Some of these guys are playing. Uh, Bruce, I appreciate you answering uh, my Vancouver Canucks question. I'm going to end on this. Um, the Royal Rumble, uh, you're a big wrestling guy, uh, January 27th. Is that the crown jewel? Raw was on last night, too, and I didn't want to bring it up. But, I mean, I'm flicking between Raw, I'm yeah. flicking between <laughs> hockey, I'm flipping between football. There's everything on yep. last night, and, and I don't have enough TVs in the house to, yep. to, to watch them all at the same time. But uh, go ahead. Everything is happening, as Bob Cole would say. Um, is the Royal Rumble your favorite pay-per-view event? Because I feel like a lot of wrestling fans love the Rumble just based on who the hell's going to be walking out there participating in this thing. Absolutely. And I was uh, uh, doing the, the network the other day, and I was really – trying to get to Jackie Redmond and give me the scoops because now now that she's full-time on Raw and she wouldn't give it up and I mean uh, I offered her dinner I offered her (laughs) everything just to get the early scoops on it but uh, no so I mean and it's it's crazy because I will text uh, Kevin and he will never Kevin Owens and he will never give up anything these guys are tight-lipped and that's uh uh that's what makes part of the thing so so great is they do the unexpected. So, uh, I mean, there's some things that you know are happening on, on TV, but when it comes to the Rumble, yeah. A, who's going to come out in the last five, and B, what surprise is going to be there? Because there's always a surprise, and uh, that's why it's my favorite pay-per-view. Uh, great stuff. I can hear it in your voice, Bruce, the passion you have for wrestling is great. Uh, Bruce, this was terrific. Um, let's do it again soon. Thanks for this. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. It's a great pleasure. There he Thank is. You. Bruce Boudreaux, former NHL head coach, current NHL network analyst on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. I'm not a big wrestling guy, but even like I've seen bits of like the rumble on who comes out. Oh, it takes over social media. 
the day oh, yeah. it does. Yeah. And I know Patty's getting very jacked up for it as well. So end of the month. Yeah. Hey, Sportsnet's your home for the WWE. Damn maybe. right it is. Yeah, and Sportsnet the UFC. Plus. Yeah. And the UFC. Yeah, yep. sure. Why not? I love those things. Yeah. I was and flipping over channels yesterday. Look at that. Some guys hey. scrapping on Sportsnet. And we're also here for hockey. Yeah, but you know what else we are, George? What? We're the home for the NBA. Yep. That's your favorite. Mm. You can make my love you so much, Rogers. Okay. Big um, Red. The franchise, speaking Never of Rogers, uh, Sportsnet Flames uh, reporter, analyst, scribe, tub enthusiast. Yes, hot tub enthusiast. Uh, Eric Francis joined us. Um, he also texted me. Why did he text you? That he has a, a new little segment he wants to debut at the oh. end of his hit. Oh, because he's just making the call now. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sure is. Uh, we'll talk to the franchise next. Dave Dickinson at the top of the hour. Big show. Russ and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan. It's a big show. Russ and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. The top of the hour. Hey, Dave Dickinson. The head coach and GM of the Calgary Flames. Uh, Calgary Flames. Calgary Stampeders. Calgary, Calgary, Calgary. Maybe one day. I don't Same know. Same guy's paying the checks. He loves hockey. Maybe one day. Yeah, his kids. He, yeah, his kids. Big play. hockey guy. I don't know if he coaches them very much, but um, he's going to join us talk some NFL playoffs, some cold weather he games. He wanted to come on and talk NFL playoffs. Yeah, he loves it. Like, yeah, like we talked about earlier in the show. I think one of the nice things about the CFL schedule in the NFL, they they offset a little bit. Yep. You know, about two months ish that they offset, and to an extent. It's like seven months, eight months out of the year that Dave gets to enjoy football, either as a coach, and enjoy is a loose term this mm-hmm. year perhaps, but a lot of enjoyment over the past few years, yep. the past decade, and uh, now getting to watch a little bit of football. Yeah, we could ask him how many games United Football League is going to last before it folds. Oh, yeah, that's the new um, XFL, USFL, USFL together. Yeah. What, what did you it, say it was called? The United, United? United Football League. Yeah. It's going to suck. Don't worry about it. Um, who doesn't suck? It's still going to be a problem for him for a little bit while guys are like, oh, I'm going to try it. Yeah. Yeah. God, just come play in the CFL. Come yeah, on. the second best league. Come up here. It. Let's go. It's always been that way. Um, our next guest, I don't know if he is in or out of a hot tub. Uh, Sportsnet. He Eric promised Francis last week. So On the Atlas Pete and Sportsbar guest hotline. Are you in a hot tub right now? Not this morning, boy. Sorry no, to disappoint you. Right. <laughs> Audio is too um, clean to be in the tub. <laughs> I, every, Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't bring all this electronics in the tub. I just thought it was a bad idea. <laughs> Silly me. The um, better half was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Listen, whoa, that's a lot of electricity. Yeah, no. Listen, who shut does, down the grid. Yeah, li- you're right. Listen, who doesn't want to have toast while they're in a hot tub? Mm. So, <laughs> so Yum. Um, I told Maddie Rose that uh, you're going to debut a new segment at the end of our interview here. I'm excited about it. Don't give it well, away. I'm yeah, just, it's a I'm little just, different. A little... A r- little uh, Wrinkle, yeah, lad. I like yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. Mm. Um, the dad's trip. Uh, how much fun did you have covering the dad's trip? It, you know what? I, I get the feeling that people watching it are kind of we're a little sick of it. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. But I wasn't at all. It, it, it was so great. Like I'll never miss another one. Like the <laughs> stories that the dads tell, the great intel that they give you about their son. Uh, and then more than anything, they just add this this extra layer of life around the team. The players are so excited. The dads are like living the dream for three or four days of their life. Uh, yeah, it's I, I have this en- enduring image of uh, Scott Weger and uh, Sam Caudry in the wee hours of one of the mornings in Vegas in a casino, both with the two fattest stogies I've ever seen human beings smoking. <laughs> 
and it's funny because I, I ran into both and they were having a great time as was I. I love Vegas more than any city in the league and and uh I was asked, I told both their sons the next day and they're both like what my dad doesn't smoke <laughs> <laughs> like never has my dad smoked that's very odd that they would have a big stogie in their mouth so they were loving it. I mean you can imagine the pride of a father uh I mean obviously any father whose son is in the National Hockey League would be proud of that but to actually experience it, you, you know, you've heard that your son flies on this fancy plane and that they get food nonstop. And, but to actually see it and experience it, I mean, these guys, they had eaten so much. Uh, the Never Hungry League, they call it. And they just can't, they, they were always amazed that every, around every corner there was another buffet waiting for them. It was, uh, they were spoiled rotten and it was kind of cool to see. And that, I don't know if you saw the video I posted of the, the high five tunnel after the yes. game in Phoenix. Yep. It was so cool, and that was a spur-of-the-moment thing. And uh, I know it's just a, a silly little Thursday night game, game number 42 on the schedule, but for those dads, for those kids, they'll never forget it. And that, that's kind of cool because the season's a long one, and you kind of need these little injections of, uh, of excitement and life and reminders that you're living the life. How, how awesome was the off day in Vegas? Yeah, it, incredible. <laughs> Yeah. Did, did, did you tickle the felt? Oh my God! I yeah, tickled's <laughs> not even the word after a while. It's it, it's uh, I I just you know I, I'll never get tired of that city. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there were lots of gambling options. I'll tell you the one thing, and you know the the players stay right. I was meeting up with some of the dads and and, and Rick Ball and some other guy. He likes to tickle the felt too. Mm. Oh, can I? Rick Can I Stern. tell a Rick Ball story? I'd love to hear all Rick the Ball time. Story. No, no, wait, wait, wait. It's Vegas. I have this friend. <laughs> this friend, his name is. It, it rhymes with uh, Tick Wall. Okay, mm-hmm. Tick Wall. And uh, yeah. we were in uh, Vegas. Should always. <laughs> oh, Vegas! Wow. <laughs> should always. You should always check for Tick Walls. Yeah. Always check for those. What state is Vegas in? <laughs> George, you would have lost your mind. We're, we're gambling. We're having. We're actually on a pretty good run. Really good run, pocketing a bunch of uh, chips. And um, Rick and I are having a great conversation. He likes the wine. I like the rum. Uh, we love the gambling. we got a table to ourselves. Everything's just perfect. And then uh, our dealer kind of yells out, just, I guess he has to alert the pit boss, double down on a 20. <laughs> what? I, I don't know if that's like a, a universal code. Like anyone who's maybe a dealer can, can, can text into the show and let us know. He's like, we got to double down on a 20. And I look over, and Rick wasn't really paying attention, but the dealer had a five. Rick had an ace and a nine. Oh, my goodness. And, and he just decided, like, you know what I mean? He wasn't focusing, <laughs> and he, uh, he doubled down. And, the, and, the, and I, I look over, I'm like, oh, no, what have you done? And uh, the dealer manufactures a 21 with five cards, oh. and uh, it changed the whole mojo. We had to leave the table immediately. <laughs> I would. And, and, and Rick was horrified at what he had done. We laugh about it now. Or uh, Tick. Yeah. He was tick laughing wall. about Mr. Yeah. Wall. Yeah. 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 Mr. Wall. Um, anyway, don't double down on 20 people. I don't care how uh, how many rums or wines you've had. It's yeah. not a good idea. I, I, you know, I wouldn't let that happen if I was at the table. I would have dove, dove and p- punched his chips out of the way. <laughs> no. Oh, so when, and of course, the dealer makes 21 and wipes you guys out. 
Yeah, dealer's got a bus card, though, and you're free there. I would have maybe taken the double down. I don't see why you free card there. I don't, know. I don't see the problem yeah, with it. Wow. Well. Yeah, it was a, it was a it was a low point, but anyway, we uh, we <laughs> yeah. overcame that and uh, had a good time. I and love Tick, it. Tick's a great guy. So. Yeah, I love it. Um, um, I had a question. You said you got lots of intel on on the Suns. Can you share any of the intel that you got? Did you learn anything fun or exciting about any of the the lads on the team? Well, I've I've got a feature coming out on on Huberto later this week that I thought was really interesting. Having a long chat with his dad about what his son's been going through the last year and a half, and I thought just gained some valuable insight as to how they're dealing with it as a family and, and, and things like that. But, uh, and, and, and stop it. I, I told the story on the air. I wrote a column on it, so I don't need to repeat it. If you guys already are aware of it, or you think the listeners have heard it, but the story that I heard from Scott Z- uh, Zary on his son, uh, uh, do you guys, did you hear it? Did you watch it? Do you know what I'm talking about with the poster? Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I, I did see it, but for those, uh, our listeners who have, I didn't tell the story. Okay, so I'll tell it again because I just think it's such a great story. It speaks to, you know, how Connor Zary got here. Everybody thinks it was just out of nowhere and he just kind of suddenly this sensation, but there's a lot of work and dedication and uh, that, that went behind it. Uh, they have in their Saskatoon home a weight room in the basement, and it's still the same home that the parents live in that he grew up in on Middleton uh, Crescent. And he was uh, – Dad went down. He's a cop, 20 years in the Saskatoon Police Service. He went down to just work out. And uh, he calls his wife, Kathleen, downstairs and says, oh, my God, like, our son is really dedicated to this hockey thing. Like, look look what he put up on the wall. He pieced together a poster, had a couple of photos of him playing hockey, and and then a couple motivational quotes, one from Paul Coffey and one from another NHLer. And he taped it all together with white hockey tape, and he put it up on the wall in the workout room. And they were just marveling at, wow, maybe our son really is, you know, ready to dedicate himself to chasing this dream of playing in the National Hockey League one year. Anyway, fast forward a couple years, and some of the tape starts to peel off of, of one of the, po- of the poster. And it reveals that there's a massive hole in the wall. <laughs> and what had happened was, as Connor tells the story, he was throwing a medicine ball around down there and he threw it out the wrong wall where there was drywall <laughs> and it went right through the wall. And he immediately thought, I can't let my parents know about this. So he went up to his computer, printed out the photos, the motivational <laughs> quotes, and, and covered up the hole in the wall for many, many years. His parents just thought it spoke to his wow. dedication. Instead, it spoke to how mischievous he is and <laughs> how cunning he is. And I just think it's such a great story. And, uh, I posted the photos on our show as well uh, on the on the TV broadcast, so and it's just it's wonderful. Uh, I just everybody loves the Connor Zary story, and that's just another element to it. The kid is uh, he's a funny guy. Wanted to ask you about Yegor uh, Sharangovich. I think a lot of people, including yourself, including us, were pretty critical of the player early on in the season. What have you seen lately? What has been the biggest change, and is it sustainable? Oh my God. Uh, you know, I, I keep asking, I had a long conversation with uh, Conroy about this on the road, and him and the coach both think that the difference is confidence. And and mm-hmm. I think myself, the way I looked at it was, it was just uh, the player that I saw the first 15, 20 games was just timid. Like, I, I dare say I used the word scared uh, to go in the corners and muck it up. He's a small guy. He's, he's a finisher, not a mucker. Uh, but he, he wouldn't get into the grind game at all. And that was something that the coaches kind of tried to impart on him, that you've got to go and win battles. 
uh, or else you're never going to get the puck back and never have a chance to score. Anyway, I do see a more engaged guy along the wall, uh, and it comes from confidence, and, and I think the coaches just drove into him that that's what you've got to do to be successful. And, and when he's getting a chance to finish, man, he's not making any mistakes. Like, there was a move there. It was the first goal of the three he had when we were in Arizona. It was like he was taking a shootout attempt, but there was a defenseman involved. Mm-hmm. Like he put a move out there that you'd put just on a goalie, but he put it on the defenseman and then the, the goalie and lifted a backhand roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just, it's you know, if it wasn't for Connor Zary, uh, Zary uh, Sharon Govich would probably be the biggest and most pleasant surprise of this team this year. Because I, I, I didn't expect them to be this good, uh, to be this much of a finisher. Um, I, I, I don't know about you guys. I don't feel like this is a flash in the pan. Yeah, he's got he had a stretch there, five goals in two games. That's not going to continue, of course. But I just see that he's a guy who, if put with the right people, can uh, can be a real difference maker. And I didn't see that the first 20 games. Like, Are you guys with me? I mean, I, the first 20 games, yep. I thought, boy, oh, yeah. this, this guy is not maybe NHL material at one point, I remember thinking. So I was wrong, and uh, Conroy likes to remind me of that. Yeah. Um, Eric <laughs> Francis, uh, the franchise, joining us on the Atlas Pizza in Sports Bar, I guess. Hotline Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. I brought this up to uh, Croner and Maddie yesterday. I want to get your opinion on it. Are we talking enough about Rasmus Anderson's season? I, I don't think he's been as good as he has been last year to hmm. myself, but I still think he's so, so solid. Like, he's a number one defenseman uh, on the Flames, and he's a, he's a number one defenseman on a lot of teams in the National Hockey League. I, I think he does it quietly, too. This guy's got so much confidence. Uh, he's so smart at when, you know, in terms of when to jump into play. Uh, you don't see him get burned a lot, like when he jumps into play and then he's out of position and he can't get back. Uh, I, you know, I, his numbers are. I was looking at him last night actually. His numbers are. I, I don't think he's at the pace he was last year. Uh, they're still pretty good numbers, but seven goals is really good for a defenseman. If you're on pace for 14, 15 goals, that's a great season. Uh, the assists aren't there where I think he wants them to be. I think he's got 17. Um, yeah, I, I think this guy is a, is a great uh, defenseman. I think he's just having a, another really good year, but I'm not sure he's as good as last year. I, I, actually, I'm going to ask him that next time I see him. But do you think you're having as good of a year as last year? And uh, I'd be interested in what he has to say. Wanted to ask you as well about uh, Michael Backlund, who becomes the – Second most games played in franchise history, uh, skating in game number 950 over the the past week here. Uh, just a thought on what he's meant to this team. Have you seen a different Michael Backlund since he's put the C on his sweater? Yeah, I think that's that's fair to say. And it's funny, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, it, well, you know, Michael Backlund is just so good at elevating those around him. It's kind of always been his trademark, his hallmark. And he's doing it again this year. Like, think about what Blake Coleman is doing this year yeah. with these ridiculous numbers. Basically a point-of-game guy and hardly ever played the power play until recently, and he's leading the team in scoring. It reminds me of a couple of years ago when Andrew Mangiapane had 35 goals, never played a single minute on the top power play unit, never played a single minute on the top line yet got 35 goals playing on the quote-unquote third line with Michael Backlund. And now Blake Coleman's doing the same thing on the quote-unquote third line. Um, Maybe it's about time we start realizing that the top line on this team is Michael Backlund's line because 
those hmm. in the analytics world will tell you that it's a top three line in the National Hockey League has been for several years now um, in terms of all those crazy, you know, analytical numbers that they, you know, gauge line effectiveness on scoring chances for and against and all this sort of stuff. So I, I, yeah, he's been phenomenal. And I don't think there could be a minute where he doesn't realize, man, am I ever glad I made this decision? I was sitting there leaning towards leaving. And now I realized, you know, thank God I stayed because, you know, he's wearing the captaincy and it's really taken his game even to another level. And I, I don't think he's on pace for record numbers himself, but those around him are. And that's a real testament to uh, what he's all about. It's, it's, he is, he's going to go down in Flames history as one of the most underrated players in this franchise's history. I really believe that. I think when it's all said and done, we'll look, you know, we'll look back and go, wow, that guy was so much better than anyone ever gave him credit for in terms of his leadership, in terms of his playmaking, in terms of how he made other players better. You mentioned also Blake Coleman there. Uh, did you learn anything new about the Texas Tiger on this trip and, and maybe just a thought and get a little publicity with the second star of the week? Yeah, he uh, that was a new one on him, eh? Uh, he'd never heard Texas Tiger. He says, I don't, I don't know where that <laughs> came from. Uh, that was Dad made that up, and okay, I'll roll with it. I heard a lot of growls all night long from the boys, <laughs> and I think he got a couple points. So, oh, he had three points that night, so yeah, it worked for him. But uh, that's funny that dads are making up nicknames now in the midst of their, uh, you know, in the, their dad's trip. Yeah, I mean, Coleman's been, yeah, I want to say the story of the year for the Flames, but I still think Connor's area is. But, you know, Con, uh, Blake Coleman just, everyone's waiting for it to stop, right? And then it gets another three points and another two points and another three points. It's, it's been incredible. And again, he's another guy who, his hallmark isn't even points. That's the thing that people notice the most are points in the national, you know, we as fans, we look at it more than any other thing. But defensively, he's as good as this team has. As, you know, penalty killing. Now he's on the power play. Like, this guy does it all. And I remember when he was brought in, you know, Brad Trilling said, you know, this guy does a little bit of everything. And I laugh now and I think, no, no, he doesn't do a little bit of everything. He does a lot of everything. And that's just the way it goes in Texas. Everything's bigger, right? He does he does everything in a big, big way. And it's, it's pretty awesome to see if you're a Flames fan. Uh, Eric, really quickly, because I want to get to your, uh, you're going to debut a little uh, segment here at the end of our interview, but um, is there going to be a press conference this week and Noah Hannafin's going to be the star of it or no? I don't know if that's going to happen this week. I do think it's going to happen. I've been writing about that for several weeks now. I okay. think, you know, talks are back on. I do, I do, I am optimistic that they are going to come together and, and sign an extension. I really am. Let, let me um, ask you this question. If you're a Flames fan going to the game tonight, should you feel comfortable buying a Noah Hannafin jersey? Oh, there's a good question. Oh, that's a tougher question. I, I don't know about that one. I, you know, it's still, there's still a lot of money involved and, and they've got to bridge whatever gap they still have left. But they're, I do believe they're close and I do believe that it's going to happen. Um, maybe hold off another week to buy the, the Hannafin jersey. Okay. Um, but, but if there is an the, influx in Hannafin jerseys bought, then there's more money in the bank. Sure. No, is that not there how that... Go. Okay, never mind. That's Yeah, that's. I guess that's how, that's how economics work, yeah. Sure. I guess we can go with that. Um, you, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, is there going to be a press conference on Jacob Markstrom uh, being traded? And that's... I wrote a column on that yesterday. That's... I know we got to go, but uh, that's that's... That's not happening. That's not happening. Oh, okay. 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 Way to throw that little bomb there. If it does happen, it's happening in the summer. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's, uh, that's all. It's not yeah. happening. But maybe this summer. Okay. Is that it? <laughs> no. That, yeah. Okay. No. People like to talk about it being a you know a trade deadline. Let's cash in on his hot hand. It's not happening this year. Okay. Uh, unless someone knocks their socks off. But nobody is valuing uh, proven goalies, expensive goalies, especially right now, yep. because of what Vegas did last year. All these unknown guys got them to a cup, and all these other teams are looking at Martin Jones, going, "Maybe you're the answer. Maybe Nico Dawes is the answer in New clowns. Jersey." They'd rather try that than spend six million bucks a year on a guy. I, I get it. Um, before I let you go, usually we end segments with "What's irking Eric," but it is 2024, a new year. Um, you want to debut what excites Eric? Oh, good. Well, I just, I just want to thank someone in our general community, and I don't know their name, but uh, it excites me to know that there's there's a person out there who last week when the, the snow was really bad, my, my daughter's 17 years of age, and she got into her almost inevitable first car crash. Uh-oh. She slid into the, she slid into the back of a, a Range Rover. Nice, nice choice. Uh, <laughs> she sli- slides right into the back of a Range Rover. Yep. And, uh, of course, they, they pull off to the side, and, and they have to deal with all that. And I, I just want to say I, I just want to thank this lady um, – who was the recipient of my daughter's, you know, error. And uh, my daughter was very upset. And I wish I could have been there for my daughter at that moment in time and give her a big hug and say, it's okay, it's just a car. <clears throat> Instead, this complete stranger who, who had just been rear-ended by my daughter gave my daughter a big hug and told her everything was going to be okay. And that really excites me to know that there's someone out there hmm. uh, who probably has a daughter or a son and thought, you know what, this, this kid is really upset right now. And could really use a hug. And I just was so heartened to hear that this lady wrapped her arms around my daughter and tried to console her at a time uh, when she was really, really upset. So that excites me to know that we have people like that out in Calgary. And and I hope other people take that lesson. That's really nice. She didn't hug her and go, I need a neck brace right away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the lawsuit came about an hour later. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Uh, Okay. But but for the moment, uh, (laughs) she embraced her. An ambulance chaser was at your front door (laughs) an hour later. Yeah. (laughs) Asking for money. Exactly. Uh, if you're in a, and if you're in a, if you're in a car crash if you're uh, if you need what is it if you're in a car or something happens in a car call William Attar like I got to get it down I think that's probably a Toronto reference as no, well No it's a Buffalo reference Oh okay Calm Even down. more even more relevant to hear yeah. Shut up Yeah yeah exactly <laughs> All Thanks right for that paid endorsement Uh great job uh, Eric as usual <laughs> Thanks boys next All week right. I'll be back in the Talk to you later Cheers. Bye. If you're hurting a car, call William Attar. That's what it is. <laughs> that was the most aggressive shut up you yeah. have ever given me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're hurting a car, call William Attar. It really rolls. Nobody cares. Yeah. It really rolls. If you're an injury lawyer out there, you got to get yourself a catchy phrase. Oh, so without, a, call d- you. without oh, yeah. a doubt. Like, that's catchy. Yeah. I like the lawyer ads where it's just like a whole bunch of yoked dudes that are bald in suits walking through an office. Oh, yeah. If you're injured, call us. We'll get you what you deserve. Damn right. Um, the GM and head coach of the Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson, next. He wants to talk NFL playoffs, but also his team's been busy. GM meetings were last week. Free agency's less than a month away. He's gotten a whole bunch of internal stuff done. A couple, a whole bunch of key guys have been re-signed. We'll ask him all about it. Uh, and then later on in the show... Um, Dream or nightmare fuel, I'm not sure. And maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't like the cold. Mm-hmm. We'll do that to wrap oh, up the show. Oh, now I know it's what the big show. videos are. All right, right on. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.